What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. This is Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. Welcome to the Quick Cage. Frank, what movie are you going to talk about tonight? So today we're going to talk about uh, 2005's Lord of War, uh, directed by some dude I can't remember. It's got uh, Cage, uh, Jared Leto, uh, Ian Holm, Ethan Hawke. Um, I guess like loosely based on some legit like stories of the uh weapons trade in like the 1980s and 90s um cage is a ukrainian immigrant um where his family are immigrants um through circumstances like he witnesses a russian mob hit and kind of gets involved in like some shady dealings and starts selling weapons um and then the movie is a chronicle of him basically like gaining in wealth and influence and you know like the sphere of people he's selling um armaments to and kind of taking advantage of like social strife and civil unrest and you know like selling stuff to um like a would-be puppet dictator in liberia and selling to um terrorists in the middle east and you know just all these people and over the course of the movie how it kind of like destroys his personal relationships with his wife and child and his parents and it leads to his brother's death and it's um it's a pretty pretty effective uh, pretty well done movie honestly um interesting look at something that you don't really think about much which is like the international arms trade um you really only kind of hear about it like on the news i would say in kind in sort of like almost like half spoken like there's not really a whole lot of talk about it yeah it's like uh, hush hush tones when it is talked about and really it's not talked about very often at all yeah like you have stuff like iran contra and um uh like there's uh that charlie wilson's war movie about us mm-hmm. selling um, weapons to the afghanistan afghanistanis i guess is what you would say um in order to have them fight the soviets and then that kind of like backfiring when they then use the same weapons to you know fight us um but it's a really interesting look at it cage is honestly pretty fantastic in this movie um really strong performance uh pretty heartbreaking stuff with uh jared leto um first becoming addicted to cocaine you know through their lavish lifestyle because he's kind of like the not weaker but like more innocent more trusting younger brother that cage sort of like takes along with him Cage plays a character named Yuri, so like Yuri takes uh, Vitale, I think is Jared Leto's name, um, takes him along with them and kind of grooms him in the business, and then later becomes addicted to cocaine, and um, Cage sort of helps him like recover and go through rehab, but then still is, decides to take him on this drug deal, and Leto's like, more moral stance basically leads to him getting shot and killed, and um, it's pretty heartbreaking. Um, Bridget Moynihan, Bridget Moynihan, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
plays um, Nicolas Cage's wife, and there's some really like powerful stuff with that, especially because she discovers how he makes his money because he's super wealthy, and she threatens to leave him if he doesn't stop, and he can't stop because it's how he gets his wealth. Um, really good subplot, too, with Ethan Hawke playing a uh, super ambitious DEA agent or CIA agent. He works for some government agency that um, is on the trail of Cage to bring him down for you know illegal arms deals. Um, is unbribable because he's about like the advancement and the glory as opposed to, you know, like the monetary compensation for it. Um, and eventually like causes Cage's marriage to implode because he sort of reveals to the wife that that's what Cage does for a living and the Cage is still doing it after he promises not to do it. Um, and in the end, there's a really great scene towards the end where Ethan Hawke has Nicolas Cage in a room and he's like, you know, you're facing a lot of jail time for doing this. And Nick Cage says, listen, in a couple of minutes, there's going to be a knock at the door. You're going to go answer that door and you're going to have to let me go and you're not going to like it. And like that happens because like Cage has so many contacts in the U.S. government because he's helped them sell weapons to, you know, like various sides of conflicts where they can't openly be involved, but they have Cage like do it. So just a really great, it's a really good movie. Really well done. <laughs> there's nothing to really critique about it. I mean... The direction's not always perfect. Like, it's a little, um, I don't know what I would call it. Like, Black Hawk Down light sometimes in the way that it's filmed. Um, but I it always, also Sorry, I always got the impression, just seeing the trailer, that it was like Man on Fire light. Nah. No? I, Traffic I light? No, I wouldn't yeah. call it that either. Huh. Maybe it's just it, the, it really maybe it's the poster that made me think that. I don't know. Right. Well, the poster was his face made up of a bunch of bullets, which was oh. a great poster. That was the original, um, maybe the final art for it. I don't remember what the teaser was. The teaser might have been him striding forward on like a field of white. I can't remember, but I know I, the final I remember there being an explosion behind him, almost exactly like Man on Fire. That might be true, but the final poster was his face. You're right. Made yeah. very I'm, like bullets and stuff. I it's found a, the one I'm talking about, and I see the one you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. the The final is is a is a fantastic poster. Like that's a really it's it's a really stunning piece yeah. of art. Honestly. Mm -hmm. Um. No. I. It's. It's a really well done character piece melded with some pretty well done like international intrigue type stuff. Um. It's almost like a light comedy at times. Um. Especially when he's like wrangling himself out in and out of situations uh where he's like almost caught or he's kind of caught between um you know like because he ethan hawk is consistently after him so he's about to be caught but he still makes the deal and manages to get away and uh, there, there's some really good stuff in it uh, but yeah it's uh it's just it's just a solid good movie okay i've been avoiding i like i really enjoyed it when i saw it and i've been avoiding talking about it because I don't necessarily have like a lot to say about it. Yeah, well, um, it's fascinating to me because I would, ha I have always avoided this movie because I looked at it in two thousand and five when it came out. I remember the trailer, I remember the posters to some degree, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll never watch that because it looks like it's going to be probably bad." So it's interesting to hear that you liked it. Um, I avoided it for the same reason. I didn't yeah. see it for the first time until i don't know like two months ago when i watched it mm -hmm. um and was pretty surprised by how much i just genuinely 
was into it and, you know, didn't have any real, I mean, his, there's definitely some over the top parts of his performance, but it's because he, the character himself has to be theatrical and kind of bombastic when he's dealing with these like, almost like crazed, like war dictators kind of. Um, but there's a lot of also really like reserved and quiet and, you know, like reflective moments in it too. I mean, it's, 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 it's a solid performance overall. And Leto is really good in it. And Ian Holmes good in it. And Ethan Hawke is good in it. And Bridget Moynihan is really good in it. Like there's no bad performances. Like it's just, it's seriously just a solid movie. So. Okay, cool. Is it, do do, do you know where you watched it? Uh, no, but it's on Peacock right now. Okay, as part of the Cage Collection? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. I know that last night I looked at Peacock and Hulu to see what the Cage movies were. Because mm-hmm. I was um, trying to decide what I'm going to watch this weekend while my son is gone. I, oh, I forgot. I meant to text you. Like, I, I was on somewhere and saw that there was a Cage movie that I don't think we have done yet. But a couple have popped up that oh. we have done. Like, Primal popped up somewhere um, for free that I had never seen before it being, it being free. Mm, yeah, Prime, maybe. Is it Color Out of Space? Is that the name of the movie? We talked. We talked about that. We talked about that, but I'm saying no. It's popped up for free on Shutter now. Um, oh so right, like a bunch of movies that we've talked about have actually popped up for free. For, uh, was it uh, Frozen Ground? Um, right. Which on is uh, which? Which is you were? I'm going. We're just. I'm just going to credit it to you, because um, you were talking about this movie, and I, I'm sure we're the only pot. We ha- I'll I'll do the research. We're the only podcast that's talked about that movie. Um, and it shows up on Netflix and it's been, it was number one on Netflix for like two days this week. That's, um, that was like the fifth quick cage, right? It was really early on. It might even been before that. I have no idea. I know it's, it's, it's definitely the first positive quick cage, I think. Yes. That's yeah. I definitely remember it being one of one of five or one of six or whatever the Mm -hmm. the count is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's cool to hear. I I, I would yeah. have never have guessed that about this movie, ever. Yeah, you never would. Honestly, like, there's no reason to think it. I guess, but I mean, so I guess it came out after I left. Episode two, Frank. It was episode two of the Quick Cage. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, I guess I couldn't jump right from knowing into next. <laughs> right. Well, you would have confused yourself too much, probably, because I right. I can't remember which movie was which out of that. <clears throat> Knowing, knowing is um, supernatural um, precognition thriller, and next is semi creepy excuse to make out with Jessica Biel. Like magician, semi- magician is next. Yeah, magician Johnny Johnny California or whatever. <laughs> you know? Right, something like that. Oh man, he is so creepy in that movie. Like I've really come to appreciate Nick Cage a lot over the past six months, but that is not a shining example of. <laughs> what that man needs to be doing yeah. with his I watched the frozen ground last night. What'd you think of it? <sighs> Extremely competent and forgettable. Sure. Yep, exactly. Um his performance is fine. Yep. John Kuzak's performance is fine. Yeah, There's I thought Kuz- of- I thought Kuzak could have been a little uh, could have added a little something. It felt like he, it felt like he was like just paint by numbers going through the motions where I think Cage was actually like trying to ground himself and just try to play the role. Um, yeah. where I thought Kuzak could have been more memorable in some ways. and I think but, Kuzak has a couple of scenes. Oh, man. 
getting tired in here. Um, I think Kuzak has a couple of scenes where uh, where he kind of excels, like the scene in the strip club when he's um, obviously stalking the girl, and then they recognize each other and he flees. And then um, I'm I'm a pretty big fan of um, kind of towards the end where they're grilling him and he sort of breaks when he sees the uh, um, the bracelet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which is it has to be completely illegal, right? Like that's entrapment, I guess. No, absolutely it is. Yeah. Yeah, but whatever. I guess it makes for a good scene in a movie. Right. I also think I I really think they were trying to hi- highlight the fact that that real serial killer was so nondescript and normal, which is mm. why like so much trouble catching him. And I think that's why Kuzak plays everything super close to the vest, like in it, like because there's no histrionics, there's no crazy. Like serial killer mannerisms or whatever. I mean, it's just it's it's really, um, really just like a very staid, you know, controlled performance, except for like a couple of really small moments. So, right, yeah. I we just did like a quick quick cage part two. We did, yeah. Um, second, second the review. the other the other Nick Cage news this week was because um, he was in the news twice. Is that he is playing a Voicing, sorry. Vodka Loving Dragon in a new Amazon Prime series called High Fire that's based off of um, uh, some sort of fantasy crime novel series. That's cool. It's a series, though, right? Series, yeah. I'm not counting that in the filmography. I ain't watching that shit. Um, no, I didn't expect you to. Uh, it's just, it's just, it was, it was interesting to see Cage pop up twice in the news in one week. Um, yeah. His, uh, his new horror movie should be out soon. I think. What new horror movie? Uh, he's in one. It's from a director that's directed him pretty well before. I can't remember who, but he's um, a handyman slash caretaker of like a rundown amusement park. Where oh, I you think, t- you have told me about this. Yeah, okay. I think it's something like the animatronics come alive, or there's some yes. like mm-hmm. I've read about this. Got to yeah. fight his way out. So I'm 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 down with that. Right. And then you got a you got a bunch of just from like an unrelated note. There's a bunch of good horror coming out over the next um several weeks on various platforms. He had a movie so. last year called Grand Isle, and the synopsis is a young father is charged with murder must prove his innocence by calling a very twisted and dark night of events. So is this like the hangover meets I don't even know. I don't know. Is that a Russian movie? <laughs> Let me look. Probably. Um Kelsey Grammer's in it. Um Who is the young father if it came out next year? Because I ain't either of them members. Hold on. Yeah, I don't know. Willy, I Willy's Wonderland is the name of um. Oh yeah, okay. So the way MDIB now um shows their movies um is in two columns, but the columns go back and forth. Uh, like uh, that's God, MDIB's the worst fucking site anymore. I swear. Yeah, so shit. It's so bad. <clears throat> so bad. Uh, this is why I go to Wikipedia for everything, though. Me too. There's no release date for this uh, Willy's Wonderland that I can see. 
It's called Wally's Wonderland. Willy. Willy's? Willy's Wonderland. Wally's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland. I'm looking at it. I'm it looking at it. It says, it says it Wally's origi- Wonderland. It was originally titled Wally's Wonderland. It got uh, changed to Willy's Where Wonderland. are you at? Are you on Wikipedia? Yeah. Oh, that's why. Okay. <laughs> MDIP still has it as Wally's Wonderland. That's what it was originally called. I don't know why they changed it. Maybe they like the double entendre. I know I do. Oh, oh, he's gonna be in the new Croods movie. Fuck. I guess I gotta count voice roles. For if they're a movie, I think you do. Yeah. And there's a movie called Pig, a truffle hunter who lives alone in the Oregon wilderness must return to his past in Portland in search of a beloved foraging pig after she is kidnapped. That sounds good to me. Jujitsu, a new sci fi martial arts franchise that he's going to be in, apparently. Yeah. That's directed by some Greek, Dimitri Logothius. Logothius. Oh, God, he's going to play a detective in a movie that's infamous for crossing the line when he has to. (laughs) He's in some Chinese movie called um, Prisoners of the Ghostland. That sounds fine to me. Oh yeah, I hadn't got to that one yet. Oh, I gotta watch. I gotta watch Grand Isle so I can close out 2019. Because I've seen a score to settle, running with the devil, kill chain, color out of space, and primal. No, we haven't. Yeah, we haven't talked about a score to settle though, right? We can't. I can't do it yet. <laughs> so Captain Corelli's mandolin. Did I get that right? You did. Um, so this has become like the Kimmel, uh, this is going to become the Kimmel Matt Damon joke, right? Like where it's like, he calls out Matt Damon at the end of every episode and then like never, never actually appears on the show as a guest. Yes. Good. Uh, that's what I was hoping was going to happen. <clears throat> so um, in- I don't, I just can't bring my, cause I don't know. I, I really got to be in the mood to do that because whatever, I think seriously, the, the, once we wrap this thing up, I mean, it'll never be wrapped up as long as Cage is still making movies, I guess. But it'll, and at some point, we've talked, it will turn into like a special um, right. episode type thing. So, I, I seriously, we just need to keep Captain Corelli's until the, the end. Okay, I'm fine with that. That probably means I'm going to have to watch it again at some point. It does. And also, um, I've still never looked to see what this movie is about. I have no idea. I'm never, I don't want, I'm, ne- I'm never gonna I'm never gonna watch it. I'm never gonna look into it. I'm 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 just going to anticipate for the next year or so of what the hell this movie even is. Yeah, I'll um I'll surprise you. Color out of space is a positive review though, right? Oh yeah, I love that movie. Okay. So that yeah, I'll I'll watch that here soon. Mandy's fantastic. Yeah. Um they put that in a few vampire movies up on Shutter last night or two nights ago or something. Yeah, I actually may watch Color Out of Space again. I like that movie so much. Yeah. That's um, what's his name? That's the uh, Island of Doctor Moreau guy. Right, right. And yeah. he's um, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I remember like roughly like I, I thought it was a positive review. And now that you mentioned that, I actually remember a lot more. This is the family who was um. Like, is fighting, like, an alien presence from outer space or something, right? Yeah, it's the, um, it's the Lovecraft, uh, Lovecraft adaptation. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the nice thing is, so the guy, and now I, I don't know why I can't remember this dude's name. 
the guy that directed Richard um, Stanley. Yeah, Richard Stanley. Yeah. Um, has been in talks to direct a possible sequel to one of his um, uh, cult horror movies from the early 90s called Hardware, which is pretty exciting. So it would be nice to see him kind of like move back into being an active director because I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of that dude. I think it's a shame about uh, Island of Dr. Moreau, honestly. Is that what kind of halted his career? Yeah, so he was um he had done hardware and he had done a movie called Dust Devil. And both of those movies are really effective, like low budget horror movies. Um, early to mid nineties, I guess. And then he got tapped after I don't remember which one came first, but after one of them he got tapped to do this big adaptation of Doctor Moreau. And like he wasn't ready to do it, like he couldn't do that shit. So basically like he had all these ideas and like there's a um I can't remember what the name of that movie is. There's a documentary on Prime that um is about like the making of that movie. Yes, yes. We're um, repeat, we're repeating ourselves. I, I just couldn't remember. I remember you telling me about this now right. um, on the podcast. Yeah. But anyway, it was really fascinating stuff, and he's a really interesting guy. He's got a really great visual aesthetic. Um, a lot of his like sensibilities are similar to mine, so I would just like to see him be successful. Sure, understood. I I, I like that idea of people being able to come back from you know whatever. Like the pits of bear, especially when it's something they love doing. And, you know, I fully understand, like, being super into, you know, making whatever art and just wanting to do it. So I'm happy for him. Yeah. And, yeah, that Color Out of Space movie is amazing. Like, it's it's one of Cage's best performances ever, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to watch it in the next few days or so. I honestly feel like I'm more... I have better perspective to say that now too because I've seen so many, right. like such a wide like range of his performances that like you seriously can tell so much when this dude like is really into what he's doing. Yeah, like it's a shame that he's not an actor that can afford to be picky because we we would be looking at this guy probably as one of the best actors of this generation. I think like overall, instead of a punchline. Like I told my mom tonight at dinner. Um, we went over to my parents' house for dinner, and I told her that we were going to um, – tonight was the Nick Cage podcast. She's like, oh, my God, why are you doing them still? Like, why are we watching that guy's movies? That guy's a joke. And I defend Nick Cage. I'm sitting there eating dinner with my parents, like, defending Nick Cage. So this is – Like Stockholm Syndrome. Like, you're, like, part of the call to cage now. <clears throat> fucking uh, 2020 is what it's wrought. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at the date. The frozen ground was, um, yeah, because I remember you actually sitting in the living room. It was pre-COVID. February oh, 18th. February 18th. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, because I started doing the quick cage when Frankie was at college. Right, and then... Oh, my God. Yeah. You're into the fucking quick cage? Nah, I, I mean, no, nah, we're six months or seven, 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 seven months, eight months, eight months. So it was like January or, oh, it, yeah. was, so it was right after he went back to college before. like pre-COVID. Yeah, it was like February 11th, I think, was the first day of the first quick cage. So we're about seven months in almost. Why don't we um, just all agree that COVID's over so we can go back to light? How, how you feel about that? Um, I think there are plenty of... Um, uh, of individuals, I'll say, um, to be nice, um, out there that um already have done that. I know. How, so how, how are they doing? Man, they're fucking monsters. Like I saw a dude. I I stopped the convenience store this morning before work. Mm-hmm. Fucking walks in, no mask, talking on his phone, and I'm like, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe 
like he puts his mask on before he goes to the counter. Like, nope. Stays no. on the phone. Yeah. Running his mouth. Fucking yeah. no mask. And he has the mask stuck behind the ear opposite his phone, hanging down next to his face. Yeah. And I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, what? I know. I know. I know. I know. Did you hear about Nancy Pelosi? No, what happened to her? <laughs> she um they they got Fox News got footage of her um breaking uh quarantine like in San Francisco. You still can't go to a salon or barber shop and she went to um a salon and they had like cam footage of her in the salon with like her mask hanging down and like not wearing her mask and stuff like that. Um so yeah, so it's been a big big talking point on the right. Um, and to some degree, rightfully so. Um, you, know what? you know, like, seriously, fuck Republicans, but why shouldn't it be? Sure. Because, like, you can't be a hypocrite. You can't be a hypocrite, right. That's right. That's right. Like, you can't play things. Could be, you know what that does? That reinforces and solidifies every yep. crazy conspiracy theory. Agreed. It, undermi- it undermines the point. Yep. Right. That there's nothing to this, that it's a liberal hoax. I agree. To try and destroy the election. So right. 170 some thousand deaths are meaningless because Nancy Pelosi wants a fucking pedicure. Well, it's, a, it's only like 9,000 deaths. Come on. Come on, guy. I despise Nancy Pelosi. I've hated Nancy Pelosi since I was like 17 years old. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm ahead of the fucking curve. No, it's, uh, we've, we've always felt that way. Um, I think both of us uh, to some degree. And um, I don't know. I mean, I think even more so as she's gotten older, she's shown, shown a lot about herself. She caused um, Harvey Milk to kill that fucker. <laughs> she, um, so yeah, but yeah, she's completely undermined like the entire point that she's been making this entire time about like trusting the re- science and like, you know, being... uh, so the, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately it's like, I think this is again, proves my point that I always make privately is we need to um, maybe we need to stop worrying about left and right so much. And maybe we just need to like, start realizing like, um, like we just need to get rid of the boomers. Oh, right. Well, anyone that's been in held office like that for more than like two or three terms gone. Right. Sorry, sorry, been... sorry, boomers listening to the quick page podcast, but my guess is if you're listening to this, you're not part of the problem is my guess. Or it's my parents. <laughs> Right. Or my mom, sure, yeah. I mean Does your mom listen to the Quick Cage? Oh, do they listen or to the, the Quick podcast? Cage? Oh, I don't know. My mom always tells me she's gonna listen to stuff and I don't think she's ever... <laughs> Right. I think she definitely would not listen to the Nick Cage version of right. our podcast. No, no, my mom has never listened to an episode. Like she I don't think she really fully completely understands what a podcast is. Right. She's trying to get in there to pet your dog. Yeah, did you see that post? This is the last thing I'll say. It's like it's just so private. Did you see that picture she posted like the other day where it was like titled like you know last pick before before COVID or something like that? No, like, I, I haven't. I haven't been looking. Uh, did you like unfollow my mom? I, I can. I can. <laughs> so she posted this picture, and the first comment. Boomer Facebook so funny to me. Um, so the first comment is from a non-boomer that she used to work with that said, Carol, uh, am I getting this right? You're saying that this was the last picture you took before COVID happened? Um, and 
she like responded like oh yeah that's what i meant blah blah and then you go to read the other comments nobody read the first comment and they're just like so sorry hope you get better soon and it's just filled with all these carol do you have do you have coronavirus (laughs) it's ridiculous because all the boomers don't read they just blurt and they just put out their shit and make their comment Oh man, yeah. Lord of War worth watching. On, yeah, Peacock, uh, I believe. Yeah, so if if you're if you're sick of um all these things that are wrong with the world, uh, go watch this movie about um things that are wrong with this world. Right, right. <laughs> okay, well, it is good to hear, despite everything, that this is a good movie, and I'll try to yeah. make sure I add this in the next couple weeks and watch it. Yeah, you should. It's yeah. worth watching. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for right, the cool. uh, the tip. And um, other than that, uh, thanks everybody for listening, and yep. have a have a good week. Deuces. <laughs>